and there. Well, if I didn't sound nasally before, I'm going to sound nasally even more because uh, WTF is going on. Feeling sniffly, not sure what it is. The Trump card, he's back. Was that a marketing plan? And was it an attempt to basically grasp 20% of the United States voting public? Prigozhin, an out for the war? Chinese class is how they're doing. Figuring out a bit more of this automator and the six-month target. Hmm. Might have to uh, rethink that one and a few other things if we have time. Folks, it is Tuesday, August 29th, 2023. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you are doing well. Much better than I am as uh, I am fighting a bit of a uh, snifflies. And I don't know. Last week I was saying could be the vid, the resurgence. Although the doctors in China are like, ah! about this one's not a bad one this this one ain't gonna get you uh i don't know entirely i mean there's a few things that are sort of um conspiring together if you will let's put this on let's put the ducks in the row we got the covid resurging in various forms around the world in china in the united states we got the trump card or the trump mean meme that is he went to prison no he went to he got indicted he showed up, he didn't get arraigned. There's like, oh, how many different words they're using to describe what happened to this guy? Basically, he hasn't been arrested. He's just been booked. That's it. Picture taken, fingerprints, and, you know, maybe the initial statement. That's it, nothing else. And then finally, Prigozhin, which the No Agenda podcast, the No Agenda show, which I, I follow, have, have called him the hot dog boy. And you're going, okay, these three things... These are sort of the three things that were kind of percolating back in 2020, if you will, 2016. Well, 2016 was sort of a, uh, well, was that a reaction or a response to the 2014 Crimean uh, takeover annexation? Because that 2014, that was Obama, and he did nothing. Obama did, the Democrats did nothing for uh, Ukraine, at least... At least not mainstream medially, right? Trump gets in. This whole Russian interference, which apparently Prigozhin was kind of involved in or whatever. And now we got uh, Trump back in the ring. (laughs) We've got COVID going again. And we got Prigozhin gone. So what's all going on? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast to figure things out, I'll give you some ideas some things that I've heard, some things that I've read, but by no means is this going to be like the be-all, end-all of this. First of all, is this the COVID that I have? Not sure. It could be the construction dust that's in the air. I've got two or three apartments being worked on, at least one being worked on. They fixed the neighbor's door, the one that has been not shutting properly for the last six years that I've lived here. Uh, They finally changed that to a digital lock. I hope there's not a camera looking into my apartment with that one. But uh, I know all the construction workers, they all smoke and they smoke indoors. They don't care. Uh, (laughs) What am I going to tell them? Please don't smoke. It's bad for your health. You think that's bad for you? Try my job. (laughs) They don't give me any sort of respiratory uh, masks or anything for the job. They did for COVID, but not for the job itself. Uh, So things like that. There's a lot of construction dust going on. I do have a couple fans and going everything. Uh, So not sure if my eye is a little bit bloodshot on the right side, but uh, I am sniffly. 
And this didn't happen until after work today. So I don't know exactly how bad this is going to get. If it's just a reaction to the construction dust, if it's the COVID, if it's just whatever it is, I don't know what else it could be. So hopefully it's nothing serious and that it goes away really quickly because I don't want to be nasally and any more sick than I have been. Now, Trump is back in the ring. 2024 election, maybe in the United States, but the election will happen, whether or not he is in the running, whether or not Biden is still alive. There's some people saying that Biden is not Biden and there's at least three or four body doubles that are going on or something like that. Uh, Trump, I think, is still a singular person. So um, he's... Uh, uh, he he has not been faked, but uh, the big news is that his uh, his mugshot that was taken last week has been permeating the uh, the interwebs, and he posted it on Twitter. So this is a huge reintroduction for him back into the X platform, uh, and of course he's now a meme, kind of like how Barack Obama was a meme back in two thousand eight. Now wasn't he? Uh, now. The one interesting thing I heard was that uh, he's been booked in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, Atlanta, Georgia has a very substantial uh, black community. And apparently, uh, TikTok, the black community on TikTok, has been what they call a blacklash. So now they're supporting Trump. It's almost as if, this again, I go off of No Agenda podcast, I go off of some of these news articles that I see that are coming through here, that the black community has sort of, turned away from the Democrat Party, and has now turned towards, not Republican necessarily, but towards Trump. He's been arrested, and now, unlike Biden, who's never been arrested and never really held a real job, Trump fits in more with the electorate than Biden does. You see where this is going? I.e., that is to say, Trump now fits in with the popular people the people of the United States, more than the Bidens or the uh, Clintons or the Obamas. It's like, huh? So it'll be interesting to see how this next uh, 14 months sort of turns out. And I'll tell you, with the removal of Prigozhin from the public eye and the downplaying of the COVID virus here in China, you kind of wonder if maybe that playbook that we saw in 2020 is kind of being pushed away and going, okay, we did that, and it worked for what it was. It's not going to be how it is this time. I, for one, think that if there was another resurgence of COVID, China isn't going to go along. They just be like, nah, no, no, we we are going to keep on doing business. We're, we're not doing that again. We did it once, uh, and it. Uh, you could argue whether or not it worked out for the uh, the country, I'm still here. A lot of people are still here. People are sort of reeling from the pandemic. They're repairing bridges and rebuilding their lives and stuff like that in their savings accounts. But uh, I don't think they'd go along with another worldwide shutdown. I think they'd be like, ah, we, uh, we did it once. Uh, we did our job. And if you guys, uh, if, if, if this thing comes up again, then we'll just have to deal with it the way we, we do with so many other things. We won't talk about it. <laughs> Prigozhin, an out for the war. Now, I mentioned this last week that he's uh, suspected to have died in this plane crash, this Embraer 600 private jet that took off from Moscow, shot down or blew up or whatever. There's speculation about how it actually came down. Doesn't even matter. Was it the CIA? Was it the Russian military? 
Was it the Ukrainians? And if it was the Ukrainians, it could have been the CIA as a result. All that is, is that now there seems to be an out for this war. That Putin, if he wants, can say, well, you know, it wasn't supposed to be like this. You know, yes, Prigozhin was hired. Uh, he was paid. He was given instructions. And he went off on his own. As, but he went off the rails, as exemplified by this, this mutiny against the, the, uh, the, the Moscow government. So there's an out there. And remember a couple months ago, I was saying how you know, is the war sort of dying down? Zelensky's not getting the same play, the airplay that he used to. Um, and it, it might be that the, this, this Ukrainian war or this war playbook has run its course. And now another playbook is, in, is being written and deployed. I don't know how, I don't know any more than you do, to tell you the truth. It's interesting thinking. How does it affect our day-to-day? -day? Uh, this time, honestly, I don't think it's going to affect us. But when I say that, I kind of afraid that it will. Basically, here in China, we've seen the pandemic. We've seen the, uh, uh, the coronavirus uh, rip through the country. I don't think the country wants to go through it again. People are finally returning. Business is getting back to normal. It's hard to see something like that really disrupting life once again. So could it be something else? Maybe. Uh, could it be the Ukrainian war? I, I don't I don't know. You don't see it in the headlines as much. You might see that those narratives are sort of taken down a little bit. There might be. There probably another war, a front of war that, that opens up. Be another idea that crosses the mainstream media's uh, attention or something like that. But I think for the world in general, uh, it looks like it's kind of normalizing once again. So whatever we've survived and uh, been through over the last four years, uh, it's hard for me to. See, I can't. I can't see the Chinese people doing it. And I guess that's what. Uh, I, that's what my my sense is that there, there's no willingness to go along with it this time. If if that's what's being sort of told 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 for us to be told to do. That being said. They have installed new security cameras on, on my compound. So I've talked about this. They might not be making a big deal about it because they might be implementing some other sort of scheme. I don't know. <sighs> Another year, two years, and then then what happens? I guess that's the big question. Where will you be USA election 2024? Because that's going to be a big one. That's going to be another big one. I think that's going to be the last big one, like the last sort of like I was alive for that election sort of rhetoric. 2028, I think, is going to be like, yeah, we saw that coming. That was whatever it is, whatever, whatever transpires in 2028, that's going to be more of a, yeah, that, that makes sense for what it was. That, that has closed the chapter of the 2020 sort of thing. And this is not a, a foreign concept because I've talked about this uh, guy, uh, George Friedman, who writes these geopolitical futures books and uh, publications. He talks about the 2020s being a massive uh, time of upheaval, upheaval and turmoil in the United States, and that's what we're going through right now, and this is going to reverberate throughout the world. So how it affects uh, us teachers <laughs> in China, uh, to be honest, I think AI, uh, we're, going to, we're going to see more people using AI, and if you're not using AI, I think you're going to be uh, looking for a new job. You're going to be uh, sort of taking jobs that are not 
what they used to be, basically. Whereas you might have been paid 25,000 RMB per semester bef uh, beforehand. Now you might only get 20,000 unless you have AI chat GPT assisted materials or whatever. So, uh, Baidu, uh, what's it? Uh, what's the Baidu one? Uh, ErnieBot. Unless you have ErnieBot assistance and can navigate in Chinese language, you might not be getting 25000 anymore per semester. Renminbi, divide by five to get the Canadian exchange, divide by seven or eight to get the US dollar exchange. All right, well, so all that being said, how are your Chinese classes going? Okay, so this whole 8 a.m. Uh, Monday morning Chinese class thing, uh, not going to do that anymore. It's too much. It's disordered, uh, disorganized for myself because uh, one of the reasons I was doing it was to push myself to get up earlier on Monday mornings. And the problem with that is that you're assuming that on Sunday you're having a nice restful day, not thinking about work, not so much like not setting up the laptop again, but in terms of like, I just, I didn't get off work until five o'clock, maybe 7.30 Saturday night to take one day off and then to like pack away the computer because I don't want to see it. And then to set it up again before class at eight o'clock on Monday morning, it's too much back and forth. It's too much thinking of like too much scheming and scheduling and trying to make things work like Lego pieces in a puzzle. It's, I can be more effective with this. I can be more efficient in my timing and more efficient in my Chinese classes. Eight o'clock Monday morning, not going to happen. Tuesday morning, maybe. We'll come back to that one. Uh, today saw the last class with one of my one of my Kazakhstani teachers. She's a uh, the lady who was uh, who had studied in uh, in in Nanjing many years ago prior to the pandemic. Uh, she's very good. Although today I kind of noticed that uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of felt like I I my language had gotten good. Like uh, I I wasn't I wasn't struggling as much. Maybe I was speaking. Uh, well, I guess. The issue being that either she didn't understand what I was saying or I was speaking too fast and she was like, what are you saying? Because you're speaking really fast. Either way, uh, did feel sort of like, okay, well, I think it's sort of run the course with uh, this teacher at this moment. Uh, so we'll see who else I can uh, be with, go with for the next whatever it is, uh, six, seven, eight months or whatever, next couple of months anyway. Um, and currently I do have three teachers lined up. So the uh, the lady I see on Monday mornings, 8 o'clock, I'm going to uh, keep with her because she teaches me a lot of the modern techno uh, technological terms and stuff like that. Zi Meiti is your social media. Zi Meiti, like Zi Zi. Zi Zi And Meiti is in like media sort of thing. Zi Meiti is social media. Uh, and other such things. Um, I've been meeting with a translation teacher uh, last night and tonight and throughout this week. I'll continue translating with her. She's all right. The one issue is that um, she's too happy with my translation. She's like, yes, you're very good. And even though I'm completely wrong, because as I've noticed, given my current knowledge of my uh, of vocabulary and grammar structures, my grammar is at an HSK 5 level, but we're translating at HSK 6. So we're one level ahead already. She's one level ahead. And my grammar is still too English. It's still too foreigner speaking Chinese, uh, not with Chinese people all the time, basically. Meaning, 
that when I'm translating from English into Chinese, I'm not using the Chinese structures or the Chinese collocations. The one that comes to mind is zai, wo zai chen ting. So I'm at the, uh, or wo zai shuo hua. I'm, I'm speaking at the moment. I'm at the, the restaurant. Probably bad example because there's probably better examples you can use. Same with how how jiga, how jiga is like how many, so many, how jiga ren. So, so many people are there. Things like that, constructions like that. Those are very Chinese grammar specific. They're not, it's hard to translate those exactly into English. You can't, you can't make the direct translation. You have to understand how each language constructs those, uh, those, those chunks of language, I guess. Like how many, there were so many people. How ziguran? Uh, I was looking, so I was looking at the moment. I was looking for my cell phone, uh, things like that. So at the moment, I was looking for my cell phone. Um, and forgive me if I'm making a mistake here, but that's part and parcel of my problem is that those constructions are basically unfamiliar to me. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not as clear or succinct with those constructions that, as I... As I'd like to be, basically. Vocabulary seems to be going, uh, going okay. Uh, the way that I'm translating the the words that she's giving me, she's giving me scripts like conversations, so I'm able to translate it so that the point is conveyed, but it's not what you would call authentic Chinese. You would know that a foreigner or a Chinese language learner had had uh, translated the document, which is good. Even this uh, this Kazakhstani uh, Chinese teacher that I had. Uh, she showed me one of her essays that she had written in China, and I was, I was able to read it and understand most of it. I was like, okay, so obviously this wasn't written by a Chinese person because if it was, I'd have no clue what was going on. And she's like, yeah, it's pretty. It's not Chinesey. It's more foreign, foreign student Chinesey than anything else. It's a step. It's progress. I feel that I'm speaking a lot faster. Um, the one other thing. In terms of booking classes at 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.30 at night, 12 in the afternoon, I want to kind of, I was thinking about this, but I kind of want to test my brain at different times of the day. As a Chinese learner, as a language learner, how many times are you like, oh, it's too early, I can't think in X language, I can't think in Chinese, I can't think in Japanese, I can't think in French at the moment, I can't think in English right now, it's too early, I haven't had my coffee yet. Oh, it's like... Oh, I've had two or three beers. It's nine o'clock at night. I can't think in X language again. Well, what if you could? What if you challenge yourself to put yourself in those situations where it was a formal class, where you're sort of, you're paying to be there. Can you perform the language, the target language that you're, you're, you're wanting to study? So that this is kind of a, a way to justify having a couple beers before class, first of all. But also... Eight o'clock in the morning, I don't normally speak Chinese to people. As a matter of fact, I don't normally speak to people that early unless I absolutely have to. And I don't want to talk to people typically. I like taking my time to wake up in the morning and just get to work at the things that then I have to do. But if I'm going to be do doing Chinese flashcards, I'm thinking, well, eight o'clock in the morning, that's a good challenge to activate the Chinese language schemata. Lunchtime. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue with those because uh, it does take a chunk of time. Although it's, it's a good occupation, the lunch time, it gives me something to do. It also pushes, pushes off my lunch time itself until later in the day. 
evening classes. Uh, again, I like the half hour format. I think it's working a lot better. Um, it's shorter, it's more concise. I can look at the clock less. Um, and is all, it also fits in with my current schedule where I'm working uh, 12, 13 hours a day now. And uh, I'm able to do that, get my workouts in, and then do a 30 minute uh, lesson that is still challenging, primarily in Chinese. Like I'm still speaking Chinese quite a bit. I'm able to get something from it as well, namely the, uh, the Chinese grammar structures and stuff like that. So it's not a complete waste, and it's only this week. Once I'm done this week, uh, I won't uh, I won't go back to this teacher for a while. I mean, I might buy another package later on. It's only like 500 quai or something like that. Uh, I can't remember how much I paid for her, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't prohibitive, basically. So I um, I can revisit this teacher at a later time. I might look for another one, another translation teacher, just to see what else is out there. Uh, so anyway, with the uh, the Chinese classes, how's it going and where is it going? Going back to yesterday's conversation about uh, an hour a day. Would I want to continue with an hour a day of Chinese classes? How much better would my language be at, do the math, 100, 200 kwai per day, five days a week or four days a week. That's 800 kwai to 1,000 kwai. That's $200 Canadian times four, $800 a month times 12. That's $9,600, almost $10,000 I'd be spending on Chinese classes. Fuck right, I better be good at the end of the year. I mean, <laughs> HSK6 or whatever, I mean, you you kind of want to make sure that you're able to uh, uh, do something in the language after that and, you know, keep that commitment. Now, of course, I've already talked about some of the, the vac vacations and plans that I have, so whether or not I, I keep up with every month or every day uh, or at least many days of the month, the money's still out of pocket once I buy those packages, right? So I got to use them. So I got to be sort of wary of where, how many packages I buy at one time and then what my schedule will be like going forward. Now, to be fair, my schedule isn't going to change. It doesn't look like 12-hour changes. 12-hour days are going to change at all anytime soon. So if I want to basically just sit in my apartment, work, study Chinese, and do my language vlog thing, guess what? That's all I can do. I mean, why not? I have nothing else really planned. Eh, seems like a pretty good life. So much as the, the weather is nice and I can go running outside. Good enough. Uh, figuring out this automator stuff. Okay, so there are a couple of the topics I did have to uh, talk about. I'm, you know, I'll deal with some of these uh, a little bit. I'll talk about automator. So automator, I've been, I've been doing automation. I've talked about automation before. Uh, the reason I'll bring this up is because I think I'm finally going to splurge for the 36 US dollars it costs to buy the program called Keyboard, Keyboard, Keyboard Maestro. It's a Mac OS proprietary uh, program that functions much like Automator and shortcuts that are found on Mac OS and iOS and all these other scripting programs, but it's tailored for Mac OS specifically. I don't know what the Windows equivalent is, but given the amount of time that I spent trying to figure out how to use Automator to customize as much as I can, basically, People are saying if you aren't able to program shell script or Apple script, Automator is kind of, it's good for what some of the things it can do. Shortcuts makes it simpler for more people, but it's nowhere near what Keyboard Maestro can do as easily. So whatever they're using to program Keyboard Maestro, I didn't really think about it. Again, 40 bucks Canadian, 45 bucks Canadian. Maybe it's worth the time. <laughs> Maybe it's worth the money to, to get the thing. 
it's an automation program. It's a macro uh, macros uh, program, so you can program it to do cer uh, certain things, uh, hotkeys and everything. That being said, I was able to finally get a conversion, an MP3 conversion, and subsequent step working with Automator. So I have a hotkey trigger that converts my WAV file or my M4A file into MP3. And then from MP3, I can open up a program, the uh, KID3, which is my MP3 tag editor, and deposit and put on the, uh, the uh, album art uh, there. I haven't figured out how to automate the album art edition. That's the next step uh, in this process. Now, if I pay the $30, $36 for a keyboard maestro, keyboard maestro I think actually that will uh, I'll be able to uh, do that as well. So there's the update on my automation process. Now, how I can automate the whole thing from recording first of all but then exporting the m4a or the wave file converting that to mp3 stickering it album art um, then taking the show notes and putting that all into my website if i can get that done i think amazon aws can do this as well i don't know i've never used amazon aws but i've been told that it is possible to do all of this up in the cloud um right now we'll work on getting it done on the hardware side Maybe in another year, I'll go towards cloud software. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. I will talk about these other two things, the six-month target and Hulk Hogan on Joe Rogan. If you kind of haven't had a chance, have a listen to the conversation. They've actually put up quite a few clips of the conversation up on YouTube, so you can have a look at that, and I will talk about that uh, another time uh, tomorrow. How's that? All right, folks, again, uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stevenstrucy.com. Have a good one out there. Eat your broccoli, get your runs in, have the mustard on your broccoli. And if you have the COVID, make sure you drink lots of fluids because we don't want that nasty thing spreading out and shutting down the world and causing all sorts of quarrels once again. Thanks, folks. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.